Hey everybody, it's Scott. Welcome to a bonus episode of Gray 17, a Babylon 5 podcast, where Blake and I got to go talk to Baz over at the Dream Given Form podcast. Baz is a wealth of knowledge about Babylon 5. He's actually literally writing the book on it right now. And we had a great time discussing our experience with Babylon 5, the fandom, as well as what we think may be coming up for the 30th anniversary of B5 and beyond. So please be sure to check out a Dream Given Form podcast. Their link is in the show notes below. And enjoy this bonus episode where Blake and I and Baz nerd out. I hope all your holidays are doing well, and we will see you next week as we continue into Season 2. Also, be warned, newbies, there are spoilers in this interview, so if you have not watched all of the five seasons of Babylon 5 and don't want to be spoiled, please uh, turn back now. Thanks. Welcome to the third age of podcasting. The year is 2022. The name of the podcast is a dream given form. A show about J. Mark Krasinski's Babylon 5, the We Made This Podcast Network. So, Babylon 5 fans, it's a two-for-one in December with the extra bonus episode of A Dream Given Form. My co-host Luke is unable to make it. He's not feeling very well today, unfortunately, and hope he gets better soon. But we are here today to talk about Babylon 5 fandom, and joining me are the hosts of fellow Babylon 5 podcast, Grey17, Scott McFarland and Blake Whitson. Welcome to A Dream Given Form, Scott and Blake. Are we really a bonus, though? Really? I'm sure you are. Let's be... Let's be honest here. This is kind of like a, hey, um, we're just going to throw this out there and sorry in advance, but here it is. I'm sure we could. I mean, we're, we're talking about Battle of Five. We're talking fandom. We're, we're all big Battle of Five fans. I mean, Scott, you and I are pretty uh, long-term fans, I believe. And Blake, you're, I know you're a newbie to Battle of Five as well. But uh, oh, no, no, Blake's Blake's an old dude as well. Is he? he? Oh, first one. fab. Okay. First one. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so we'll get we'll get into that. That'd be great. So that's what we're here today. We're talking a bit about Babylon Five fandom, really. That that's the kind of the core topic for today's episode. But before we get into that, do you want to tell listeners to a dream game reform what your podcast is about? Blake, go for it. So Scott and I have been discussing this podcast for what three, almost four years, doing a Babylon Five podcast uh, because the two of us are longtime fans. We've watched this show so many times over the years and we finally came up with this idea of we want to do a podcast about this but let's bring in some of our friends and we brought in a couple of our friends who are also longtime fans of the show and then we brought in several of our friends who have never seen the show before uh, some of whom aren't even fans of sci-fi in general and have introduced them to this show had them watching along with us um, it was a bit of a rocky start we we wondered if we were going to have some friends left at the end of the first season but <laughs> Uh, it's actually grown on all of them. Um, they've all come around. I think we've got some people who are not just interested in the show, but are starting to ask questions about other sci-fi and other things that they may be interested in that they hadn't considered before. And that, that's been the fun part for us is 
we've got to watch this through their eyes again because for us you know trying to remember what it was like for us the first time we watched this we're seeing that in these people as they watch it again as they watch it with us now I think the other fun part about it, too, is we also have um, some generational dynamics going on, too. Most of us are millennials. Uh, we're either 30-something or 40-somethings. But when I put out the call for host, I uh, threw it on Facebook and said, hey, I'm looking for a host of, uh, for a Babylon 5 podcast. And one of my friends messaged me and said, hey, my son needs something to do. So now we have Andrew, who is absolutely a Gen Zer on there as well, too. So it's kind of fun to see uh, folks who weren't even alive when Babylon 5 uh, first came out, watching this show for the first time as well. That's amazing. I mean, Luke and I, we're both in our early 40s. Yeah, we're very much, we've watched Babylon 5 many, many times. And, uh, but it is great to kind of talk with new fans as well. And um, I I guess the closer I get with your your Gen Z is my son, Ben. I I also do a Dot 2 podcast, the TARDIS crew. And I I co-host it with my son, Ben, who for a 16 year old knows more about dot two than probably most people on this planet. He is obsessed with dot two. So uh, it's, it's quite experienced to visit that way. Again, a lot of it, I hadn't watched a lot of it came out before I was born. And so a lot of it came out before he was born too. Yeah. Well, you know, somebody pointed out to me a couple of days ago, uh, Blake and I are both who fans as well, that actually the time from when Eccleston started to now is a longer time period than the hiatus after the seventh doctor. Scary. <laughs> there's there's a lot of people who just uh um from nine to now 14 that's what they know so it's just, it's weird man it's weird it is it's crazy and, and we'll get back to bubble five in a second but yeah it's interesting because i for, for dot two i watched some of the mccoy stuff back in the end of the 80s that's why i kind of started watching it and then obviously with eggleston whereas my son ben he was born after David Tennant's Christmas special, the first one. So that's kind of the uh, difference. So yeah, it's a very, very different experience as well there. Well, that's that's fine. Tennant's my favorite anyway, so he's good. He's, oh, you're, you're, you're good ladies back then. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. But we are here to talk about the five. So um, yeah, there is a Dot Two podcast, the Taurus Go and hey, we'll get you on that as well at some point. It'd be good to kind of talk yeah. Dot Two maybe in the future <laughs> if, if you're if you're welcome to join us. But uh, I am all for pissing off more Englanders or UKers or whatever the heck you call yourselves. <laughs> Yeah, maybe many things. Number of people you have pissed off through this podcast. Hey, now we're international. I get to annoy people all across the globe. It's great. Well, that's one thing I'll say about Grey Seventeen. You you get a lot of downloads. You get you got your engagement seems to be massive. It's been really impressive. We're, we're, Blake and I probably say this to our uh, to each other at least once or twice a week, saying, "What the hell is going on? Why is this happening?" But yeah, no, I mean, we we started in. Um, uh, late July, early August, and uh, we're going to cross the uh, 30,000 watch uh, uh, threshold here probably next week. So wow. we've got a lot of folks listening, and it's really cool. I mean, I think we hit when the iron was hot because you've also got the um, still talks of the reboot. I'm, I, I know I'm one of the few, but I'm still holding out hope. Yeah, but, me too. Um, <laughs> I, I think that was helpful for us that, that right when we started churning, that happened. Um, but no, it's just been amazing. And, and going back to the international piece, we're getting folks listening from all over the world. Some of our biggest folks engaged is uh, we got a guy from Germany. We got a guy, a guy from Ireland. We've got um, friends from Australia. Uh, I've heard from folks in, the, um, in uh, Africa. I've heard from folks in South America. We're basically all over the place, which is just crazy. Which is, great, which is why I want to do this podcast, actually, because... The Babylon 5 fandom is huge, and I think you're right, it's growing and growing and growing. And we'll get on to it in a moment, because I think I think we've seen this year, again, we started Dream Game Reform early this year as well, and we're going to get into Season 1 next year, looking back at the episodes as well. But it's 
it's fascinating to see just how many people are engaged in Babylon 5. And I'm involved in a few podcasts. By far, this podcast gets more downloads than any other, thing, other podcast I do. It's just massive. You know, the only ones that are close to it on the network are things like X-Files and Star Trek, you know, big sci-fi juggernauts. So it just shows how many Babylon 5 fans there are out there. Not only is there a lot of Babylon 5 fans out there, but let's be honest, some fandoms are a little toxic. Mm. Um, I'm looking at you, those who uh, didn't like 13, if we're talking Doctor Who, yeah. uh, for, for reasons other than maybe, okay. But we have not run into any Babylon 5 fans who are just nasty. I mean, we found some that, you know, maybe uh, differ with us in ideology a little bit, but everyone's just happy to talk about the show it's Mm -hmm. you don't see that in a lot of fandoms unfortunately and it's just really fun to just have a community of people who are just nerding out about a show that was around 30 years ago it's just fun it is and you're absolutely right you don't get that toxicity you get in dot two and star trek and star wars and all the others it's generally just a love of babylon five i mean i'll be interested to see if the reboot does happen and i really hope the reboot does happen and it comes back where you get those kind of, oh, suddenly Babylon 5's gone woke comments and all that kind of hatred and toxicity you get in the other fandoms. I'm sure it might come if Babylon 5 comes back, but right now, the love of the show is just, it's just positive. It's lovely. It's lovely to, you know, engage on Twitter and Facebook and through the podcast and just talk to Babylon 5 fans, you know, on a regular basis, and they all just love the show. Whenever somebody uses the word woke, I just sick Blake on them, and it's all over at that point. Oh, yeah. We hate it. Yeah, we've... uh... (laughs) Yeah, we hate that term too. I, I use it because I know it's used that is out there, but it's it's yeah. it's, a, it's a horrific term. But anyway, and, we don't have that problem, do we? Well, it's been the thing. We've only had, I think, as Scott mentioned, we're going to cross thirty thousand listens this week, and out of all the engagement we've had, I think we've only had two that have really been kind of an issue that we've had to step in and address. Because, mm. um, like, we had one where uh, some of the ladies on our podcast were discussing. Uh, different experiences in the workplace as women in male dominated workplace. And we, we had that one fan that decided that was going to be the hill they were going to die on. And Scott and I had to step in on that one. But other than that, even when we've had people who disagree ideological with us or have differing opinions, it's still a community that's about the show and the vision that it had, which is Scott said, you just don't see that in a lot of other fandoms. No, it's lovely. It really is lovely. Yeah, you don't you don't get day stay, and I hope I hope Babylon Five maintains that as as it hopefully continues in whatever form it does as well. So let's let's talk a bit about your kind of your fandom before we get into the fandom as well. So I'm going to start the first question for you. Then I'll start with you, Blake. What is your favorite episode of Babylon Five? Let's get to know what you like about Babylon Five. What's your favorite episode? So there's so many ways this can go, and it changes based on you know what mood I'm in or what I'm watching, but. You know, one that still stands out in my head as just one of those just great episodes of television and B5 in general is I'm a huge fan of Parliament of Dreams out of season one. Wonderful. That is yeah. still a personal favorite. And and for me, it's that end scene. It's where Sinclair and they go down the list of all the different faiths representing Earth. You know, as a, as a general fan of sci-fi, someone who grew up with Star Trek has watched other franchises and you know Roddenberry kind of had that rule of there's no religion on earth humans don't have this they're beyond that I liked seeing that representation in Babylon 5 where it said no we're going to do this different we're going to acknowledge these things exist and we're going to address them through the various ways the show goes so for me Parliament of Dreams really is that great episode that encapsulates that amazing choice I think it's one and absolutely one of the strongest season one as well definitely what about you Scott 
you know, um, I'm with Blake. I can probably rattle off about 10 or 15 episodes, depending on what mood I'm in. But I'm going to throw out one that people don't talk about much. I'm going to say deconstruction. No, I'm not going to say TKO. That's uh, that's <laughs> the other guys' podcast. Uh, no, I'm going to say Deconstruction of Falling Stars. And why? Because I am a huge Twilight Zone fan. I have a Twilight Zone podcast uh, the, that I do off and on as well, too. And Deconstruction, I love the the little stories that we get for that episode. And obviously, Meta, the reason why we get that is because they didn't know that episode was going to have to happen until after mm. TNT stepped in. So it's also an episode that was made on the seat of their pants. But I just love getting to see our characters farther in the future. And I love getting the ending that we don't necessarily get if you don't get that episode. And the fact that humans do make it. Yeah, our sun blows up, but humans do make it. It's great. It's, it's a really interesting episode. It's one I think you appreciate more and more you watch it. The first time round, you think, oh, this, it'd be a bit of a left field turn. I mean, the first time you watch Babylon 5. But yeah, the more you watch, the more you appreciate what, it, what it's doing. It is an optimistic look of the future as well. You know, Star Trek is very optimistic, ideally, from the start. There are some variations of that, but, but Babylon 5 was was real. I think you were saying, Blake, about the religion. I, I adore that final scene in Parliament Dreams. It just shows kind of the different of humanity. It's, it's wonderful to watch. So yeah, no, some really great choices. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a classic. I'm a long twilight struggle, uh, mainly for London and Jakar. I, I love them to bits. And the uh, Jakar speech scene is, is, is still amazing. But um, yeah, there, there, are, I mean, there, are, there are too many episodes of Babylon oh, 5 yeah. that could easily be like the best of, aren't they? Well, and I'll say I've probably watched through B5, I don't know, dozens of time, and I still have to go find a tissue when I watch Sleeping in Light. So oh, yeah, it yeah. Me. Mm-hmm. It's the station, isn't it? The station blowing up at the end. It's like, oh, it, it's heartbreaking every time. Uh, I'd say, for me, it's the absent friends line. Oh, yeah. Right the I mean, there are so many, aren't there? <laughs> so what about your favorite character, Scott? Oh, you know what? Uh, I started off our podcast and flat out said in the first episode that Londo is my favorite character. And I I truly still believe, and I think JMS has said this over the years, is that the Babylon 5 is a story about Londo and Londo's arc. But um, second uh, choice, I think, would be Jakar as well, too. Again, those two bouncing off each other for five years is just great. And I still, I mean, no offense to any of the other cast, especially those we've already talked to, but I think Peter Jurisic and uh, Andreas Katsoulis are just the the finest actors in that show as well, too, which makes it even better. So I think those two, um, I'm especially enjoying the fact that our newbies are starting to get to like Jakar originally. (laughs) Um, uh, if If you listen to our first episode uh nicole who was our our feisty italian is um said she wanted to punch jakar in his face um but now she's even starting to like him a little bit too and we've also got john who i think um fantasizes about londo but that's we'll leave that for another day in another podcast yeah londo and jakar are probably the reason we started the podcast this year rather than start with season one next year because we want to talk about the character of the show straight away and our first episode was on Londo and jakar and they're amazing jakar's my favorite character i think for so many reasons you said it's and I guess it's great. It must be great to sort of see Jakar as his villain so bad. I'll, I'll be interested to see what, what your newbies think of Londo come season two as well and how that develops well. It should be interesting. It's really cute watching John. Every We do uh, questions and predictions at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. It's really cute watching John saying, I think I think Londo's going to turn to the good side again. He's going to come around. I'm like, oh, you got <laughs> some time to wait there, boss. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. <laughs> so what about you, Blake? What's your favorite character, Blake? So I kind of go back and forth. Uh, definitely Jakar is one of them. Andreas Katsoulis is just an incredible actor in the works he's done. And Jakar on B5 is probably one of my favorite uh, characters. But 
I also have to say Ivanova as well. And I, we brought this up on the interview we did with Claudia Christian. You know, growing up, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about our first impressions of B5 too, mm -hmm. but, you know, growing up in that 90s period when this show came out, and you had a character who was at one point represented, represented as being bisexual, where it wasn't, you know, DS9 did the thing with uh, Dax's character and, you know, one of her former hosts that was also now in a female body, you know. Yeah. So they did that. But B5, it wasn't, you know, an alien involvement. It wasn't a reincarnation thing. It was just it what it it's, is what it was. There wasn't a big issue made of it. It wasn't due to some external factor. There was just this character who was who she was and had that representation. And, and it just was and it was accepted. And for me as a member of the LGBT community myself, have seeing that at that time period in this type of a show still makes that one of my favorite characters. Well, she's amazing for so many reasons. But yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting how um, how close Jameis was able to get to that. Obviously, it, it was not quite as overt as maybe we liked, but it was definitely the way he was championing and championing that in the show was, was amazing. And yeah, one of her, I mean, every scene of one of us in is generally great. I mean, uh, dialogue. I, I am so jealous you've got to interview Claudia. She's on my list to uh, interview at some point as well. We got lucky on that one, let me tell you. Um, we, uh, I think we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, so I'll go in the story later, but we got lucky when mm. it came to Claudia. Yeah, wonderful. So, um, kind of last question before we talk about fandom then. So, when did you first get into Belvin 5? Were you, Blake? So... A little context in the U.S. because Babylon 5 was on the PTEN network, which didn't really exist. It sort of piggybacked on a bunch of other things. So where I lived at the time in central Illinois, it the feed was partially the local Fox affiliate. And if there was anything else going, Babylon 5 could end up God knows where on the broadcast schedule. But I remember I found it because I was randomly watching something on Fox. And instead of going to what it was supposed to, it came up with the PTN logo and it was Babylon 5. And so I ended up watching it from there where it would come on and show up on Fox. I don't think, though, I did not fully watch through the entire series for probably a few years, probably till closer to the early 2000s, just because the way it broadcast in the U.S. with PTN now, once it got on to TNT, like season five, I was able to watch that straight through. There was no issue once it hit uh, TNT for me. But yeah, it was probably early 2000s by the time I actually got to watch the whole early seasons uh, straight through on it. Yeah. What about you, Scott? I was there from the beginning, or at least I think from the beginning. Here's the issue. I was 11 when Babylon 5 started airing and actually probably closer to 10 when the gathering hit. And the same idea, you know, I'm in the United States, so PTN mm. was randomly showing it from time to time you may get uh preempted for nba basketball or whatever so it's hard to kind of catch it but also too um i don't remember what i had for breakfast this morning so i can't really tell you that i saw every single episode in order when it first came out i do know i was watching it because i also remember time tracks and kung fu the oh, legend yeah. continues which were both on ptn so if i remember those shows i also was watching babylon 5 but uh, same with Blake. I think I really, truly, I, I, I start having true memories of the show, season two and season three, first run. And then I was absolutely uh, nerding out when it got announced that it was moving to TNT and got the opportunity for the first time to watch most of the show 
all the way through because TNT played the whole show over the summer before it launched again. Um, so I definitely was there in 93, 94, but probably have my first true memories, probably 95, 96-ish. Brilliant. So probably something to me, I, I got it in season three. Um, that's when I started. I, I was aware of the show around season two. Again, the, the channel that picked up in the UK that broadcast it, I think one year was like, Wednesday afternoon at 6 p.m. The next next season was like 10 o'clock on a Thursday night. They, they, they moved around randomly places, but they generally showed the whole season. And yeah, for me, it was uh, season three. I started at the very beginning of season three and what, yeah, was hooked ever since. And then went back and got the VHS tapes, watched reruns, and obviously, uh, like you, uh, big fa- biggest fan ever since. So, uh, yeah, well, so we, know, all, obviously like we all got to... into the nights at some point then. Yeah, and I think that's to also the, the, the cast and crew, and especially JMS's credit that it even survived. Mm. You know, how many, how many shows that are even on network television don't make it when they don't find their audience right away. I, mm. I, I'm thinking of Firefly, you know, Fox canceled that sucker before it would hit episode 13, but Babylon five was able to find its niche and continue. And I think part of that and a lot of that comes down to JMS knowing how to use the internet before anyone knew what the internet mm. was. He was playing around in Usenet and AOL chats and everything else and building this fandom up to where he had people excited before even the gathering came out. And he he just knew how to how to play that note um, to get people interested. And that's I I think that was huge in helping him out. He was. I mean, I'm actually writing a book on Baron Five as well for Final Publishing. So the, the whole 30 years of the show, it's been such a joy to watch the Passion Project and going back and finding old snippets of JMS's notes on the Lurkers Guy and other chat rooms, so like 1992, 1993. It's amazing to go back and just see how he built that fan up as well. It's great because I think without someone like JMS, I think the show you know would not have survived. It would have been a firefly. You know, maybe got one season, maybe two. So. I mean, the, the theme of my book is the, the struggles and triumphs of Babylon 5, and it really is because every year it, it, seemed, it seemed a miracle that it, that it kind of stayed on for the, as long as it did. Now you're making Blake and I look lazy. I'm actually writing a book while I'm this because <laughs> I have time to do this stuff. Well, I don't know why I have time. I just, yeah, but anyway. So let, let's, let's get, in, let's get into, the, into the fandom then. So we, we talked about briefly. Obviously, we're here to talk about Babylon 5 fandom, and they're the ones that kind of keep Babylon 5 alive now as well. It's still being talked about today, which is great. It's why we're doing this podcast, because we are getting the engagement. So what has been the – you talked a bit about the the numbers, but what's been the reaction from fans to your podcast and the general engagement online? So on on this one, I was actually – we weren't that far into this, Scott. We'd had what? How many episodes out? I was at a conference in Seattle uh, for my my actual day job, and – I'm in a session and this presenter's talking about themselves before the session, giving some background and starts in with, and I've just found this new podcast and I've been listening to this podcast that talks about this old TV show. I liked that has got some new fans and some old fans and some longtime fans that are watching this show. And I'm sitting in this session going, wait a minute, this, this sounds familiar. <laughs> so I went up afterwards and asked the presenter, you know, Oh, by the way, which, which podcast are you listening to? I, I like to listen to a few every now and then. It And she said, oh, it's called Grace 17. It talks about Babylon 5. And I messaged Scott and went, what the? What is I was I was in the here? grocery store. I'm just like, really? This is just, and, and just for context too, we're, we're mostly a Midwestern group, but Blake is off on his own in the West Coast. So 
that's when we finally realized we had some legs and some reach too. I think, I think just hearing from fans, I mean, you, you go you go online, you look at Twitter, which is still around at the moment, you look at you know, Facebook, and people are just talking about the show daily, aren't they? It's it's, oh, yeah. it's, con- it's constant. It's great. It's great to hear people bringing new people into this, into uh, Baba Five as well. Well, and when JMS put out that kind of call to arms to tweet about CW B five on CW twenty three, mm. um, I was actually on the train going to Seattle. So, you know, I'm on a train. I have nothing else to do. And so Scott and I kind of took to Twitter on that one. And the interactions off that one, we actually got our Twitter account um, not suspended, but disabled. Yes. Uh, What was it, 48 hours that we got disabled on Twitter because of all the interactions and commentary that we were having with fans from all over the world um, that were commenting. um, We were sharing each other's posts commenting on what we wanted to see what we were looking forward to favorite moments i mean it was it was a really exciting day of just commenting and talking with fans from all over the place and we actually still have some conversations with a few of those people that's uh, scott mentioned some of the folks we picked up following uh the podcast that still interact with us we've even had fans offer you know if we find ourselves in their countries let them know and they'll show us around and we can talk b5 over beers in person i mean Wow. This community and fandom has just been uh, incredible to talk to and to get to know. Yep. No, nope. Twitter thought we were a bot. We <laughs> and I broke Twitter. It was great. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, yeah, I, I try to do it a lot of it myself on our Twitter account, but yeah. I mean, what it was great, I mean, just, it was that call to arms, wasn't it? And the amount of people, I think it got number one in the... Uh, in the US, it was number two in the UK, but that's because it was the Queen's funeral at the same time. So that's why we we only got to number two in the UK. But just the amount of the way it was trending, it was insane to see the amount of people out there just constantly pushing this and still doing it now as well. I, I did love it when we hit number one in the US and JMS tried to walk it very lightly. He's like, no offense to the Queen, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, number one. It, it was insane. I, and that, I think that's that. Is a moment that really showed it. It's, it's, it's like I'm going to try and find a way to put in, in the uh, towards the end of my book, actually, because it just shows just how passionate these fans are. You know, the fact you can get trended number one, and there's the amount of people, and again, it's interacting with so you know, see all these posts, sharing them online. It, it was wonderful to see. So yeah, so I think, um, and I know we've both both been very fortunate to talk to members of the uh, Babylon Five cast. So what's that been like as a Babylon Five fan then? That is where Scott and I have like totally nerded out and some of the back channel chats and commentary. Yeah, no, it's, it's just been crazy. I, you know, we, when we started this, Blake and I never thought for a second, we never even, we never even talked about it, that we were going to be able to like reach out to folks who are actually on the show. It was just like, let's get a couple guys together and um, chat about the show. Mm. But then we started having interactions uh, with people on Twitter again. And somebody reached out to me and said, you know, Marshall Teague, loves to talk about infection and and Talon. And I was like, okay, what the hell not? So I DM'd Marshall Teague and lo and behold, he responded. And by the way, he is one of the sweetest men in the world. He is just an amazing person. And so Blake and I got to interview Marshall Teague randomly when we got to infection. And um, he's he's promised to come back when we get to Talon. So I'm looking forward to talking to him again. And that just opened the floodgates at that point. We started actually talking about, okay, how do we interact with more of these folks? Because that was too darn fun just to have it be a one-time thing. And uh, we reached out to Peter Jurisic, and uh, he is, again, the sweetest individual. I I love the fact that all of these people we've interacted with so far 
you know, people tell you don't meet your heroes, but every one of them has actually been above and beyond what you could even hope to expect. And Peter's going to be uh, with us here. Uh, we're going to do an interview with him early 2023. Uh, he actually had to deal with the hurricane in Florida, which is why it got a little delayed, but we're going to get to talk to him soon. And then I mentioned um, we just got lucky. Uh, so I reached out. Actually, no, he reached out to me. I'm sorry. He reached out to me, a gentleman by the name of Chris McCauley. So Chris McCauley reached out to me. And Chris is a huge fandom guy, too. He actually uh, he works with the uh, the Stoker family to do all the, the vampire Dracula stuff. But he's working with Claudia Christian to do uh, Dark Legacies, which is a whole universe of comics, books, games, audiobooks, whatever. He reached out to me and said, hey, um, checked out your podcast. Would you like to uh, chat with me about Dark Legacies? And I, we said, sure, because it's obviously interactive with Babylon 5. And while we were kind of leading up to the interview with that, he's like, hey, Claudia's listened to your show and she'd like to chat. And one thing led to another. And again, Chris is now a good friend of mine and uh, I'm really enjoying working with him too and uh, helping promote uh, Dark Legacies when we can. But then we got the opportunity a few uh, weeks ago to uh, interview Claudia Christian. And uh, again, uh, everything you expect to have happen with the interaction with her and hopeful that she's a great person and fun to talk to she knocked it out of the park she was just amazing and she was so so helpful and friendly to our newbies and just so genuine and was willing to talk to us longer than we had her for and it was just great oh it's amazing yeah i mean i mean again similar thing we had patricia tallman on i interviewed her back in february last year i was amazing again i just reached out to her she um I think it happened. We just launched the podcast. I think we launched about February last year, March time. And I re- and I retweeted something for hers, and then she she followed. So I I messaged her and said, "Would well, yeah, we'd love to have you on the podcast." Thinking nothing could ever come of it, and she messaged me and said, "Yeah, here's my agent. Get in touch." And she's on. She's been on the podcast. And I think just when you see someone in in front of you that you've seen on TV for years and years and years, just interacting with you, it's just the most amazing experience. You said about you know, never meet your idols. But it was just seeing, this, this is Lita Alexander in front of me talking to me about Babylon 5. Oh, it, yeah. it, it's, it's an amazing experience. And uh, yeah, again, she's kind of going to go back. And then we kind of, we got, we got Marshall Teague on the back of yours. We saw Marshall Teague a bit on yours. I thought, oh, let's try that one. So he's been on ours too. And again, we'll come back. We'll probably both get Marshall Teague on a number of occasions. So that's been great. And uh, yeah, hoping to, uh, and then Peter Jerusik, I have now interviewed him uh, for the book. Excellent. So nice. again, amazing guy, such a lovely, friendly, wonderful guy. So much warmth and depth, and and yeah, amazing talk. So and again, he'll be coming back on. So you'll you'll get him first on the podcast. We're going to get him at some point later on as well. But it's great. It's great just to talk to these people. Talk to these people mm-hmm. who Pat Tor in particular is someone who is just so engaged with the Bubble Five community and to and and interacts with fans. It's 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 wonderful to sort of see these actors who he did a job what 25 years ago they stopped playing his characters and they, and they still want to talk to the fans about the show. It's a it's a wonderful experience. And it was funny, you know, Scott mentioned the Claudia interview and how wonderful she was with our newbies. I think you know Scott and I've gone through great lengths, threats, intimidation to keep our <laughs> newbies away from spoilers. Yeah. Um we have forbidden them from using Google. We have told them do not search anything. They still do, and HBO Max does us no favors with the uh, images and previews, but we got on the Claudia interview, and I think we were five minutes in, and she was answering a question and just throws out like this whole long list of spoilers. <laughs> and then she just stops and goes, 
oops, you aren't there yet. <laughs> she flat out said, yeah, I, I, I love playing a bi character. And we're like, oh, um, about that. <laughs> <laughs> she was just took the time, answered all the questions, you know, interacted with the cast, with our cast and individuals. And I mean, and it wasn't just limited to B5. We discussed her personal interest in history and art. We went into her Dark Legacies project and how that even ties in. So it was just really fascinating to get in and learn more, one, about her, but just the graciousness even she had towards uh, talking with this group of individuals that we put on Zoom in front of her. And I'll add, too, it's not just uh, actors that we're talking to as well. We actually had uh, a person reach out to us uh, who was on the crew for seasons four and five, and we've interviewed him, and his interview is in the hopper. It's one of those where as soon as I have a lull for a bit, we're going to throw that one out there, too. But we are absolutely talking to anyone and everyone Mm -hmm who had a connection with that show. So we're looking forward to hopefully some more folks uh, being able to join us. We've now that I can say it because we're past season one, Bruce, I want to talk to you, Bruce. So you want this one as well? I agree going forward as well. Yeah, we both want Bruce. Yes. If, if we can join up, can't we talk to Bruce? Yeah. He, he's on the list too. Definitely. Well, that's, that, that's the other thing too. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about this later, but one of the really cool things that happened with that B5 on CW was uh, I reached out to some of the, the podcasts mm. that are doing Babylon five as well. And we have now formed what we like to call the league of non-aligned podcast. Uh, which is just fun because we get to talk about it. And we actually need to bring that group back together. We need to get you on that group too. Because, Definitely. Um, the first time we talked about Reboot, but I'm sure we could have some fun just chatting over some some drinks of your choice, talking about something with B5. So that's another thing too is not only is the fandom fun and the community is great, all of the groups that are, are doing what we're like referring to as kind of the third age of podcasting for B5. You know, you had the guys about 10 years ago do it. You had a little bit of a upsurge a few years ago with the pandemic and now here we are again doing it again it's just a group, great group of folks it's fun it is i think we interact fairly regularly yum yum podcast um there's other podcast podcasts out there yeah we, we we do chat we we, we comment on each other's posts it's great it's it's, it's a lovely bit of, of of um because we are fans too and i say you know we, we got the fans that we interact with, but we are we do this because we love Babylon five we love talking about Babylon five so it's great to kind of share that on, on almost on a daily basis sometimes I think you are. I think the the fact that the cast and crew involved, the fact JMS is online talking to fans on a daily basis, is wonderful. But the, I mean, the the cast generally are great, in, and they they really appreciate what it was about. Pat said to me, "Babylon Five is family, and apart from the fans, which was lovely to hear." And I think that's definitely reflected. We talked about the positivity in the in the fandom, you know, in the fandom. I mean, there isn't that toxicity we see in the Babylon Five community. And it does feel like a family. It's a family of, of Babylon 5 fans. It's just a very big family these days as well, isn't it? So that's lovely to see. And um yeah, it's it's um it's wonderful to kind of talk to them and interact and kind of share those experiences with them, both as fans, you know, and, and on our podcast. So um let's talk about JMS as well. So yeah, he's he's um you, you mentioned it earlier, Scott, that like, he's been involved online with the fans since way back in the 90s, and he's still very much engaged now as well, isn't he? Yes, uh, he is. I mean, he, he never stops. That man, I'm sure since you, you're you like uh, working on your book, I'm sure you've checked out his autobiography and everything else. But for those yeah, who yes, haven't, yeah. the, 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 I'm not going to spoil anything, but the fact that the man survived past five, year old, five years old, let alone to be in his 70s and still working with this uh, fandom is just amazing. And he's a, he's a, he's a joy per, uh, to, to watch interact with the fans. I would love to talk to him sometime, and I've tried mm-hmm. a couple times. I've also 
I've said, you know, because he came he came out a while ago and said, I want I don't want to do one podcast because then I will have to do them all. And I'm like, well, we have a league of non-aligned podcasts, JMS. I yes, mean, just, yes. Just saying, just saying. Uh, but, yeah, but have your other interactions with him gone, Scott? Yeah, that's that's what I was I was getting to that point. I was I was starting to I was sugarcoating it before. As I said, it's it's great to meet your heroes. JMS just he puts it all out there and i've been smacked by jms at least twice so far on twitter which is great uh i feel like i've i've come somewhere in the world to where i've been able to make jms angry it's great the one that was really fun was we were talking about tko and actually it was a conversation with ryan from yum yum and a few of the other folks on twitter and we're like i i just tagged him and i said hey you know i think one of the reasons why tko is so kind of uh, unbalanced in terms of themes and in terms of story is because he was trying to cram so much into season one to do world building. And he responded, or maybe I just didn't write that episode. I was like, Ooh, ouch. I think I just ticked off JMS. Although mm. we did go back and find out he did help to write the episode, but I wasn't going to question him again. <laughs> I don't want to call down the ire of somebody from up a high. So, but yeah, no, it's been fun. It's been great. I mean, yeah, he, he can be a little bit prickly at times, to be fair, you know. And we, we, you know, but he's he's very he's very forthright and very engaged. But you're right. He the fact that he continues to engage daily is wonderful. He taught his autobiography. Becoming Superman is an amazing, amazing book. And um, I went through some crap as a childhood. A lot of stuff I went through my own therapy, and I thought, my God, I did bad. And I read that, and some of the stuff I related to, but at the level that he, of his life, it, it's, again, I won't spoil it, as you said, Scott, but it's it's an amazing read. It's a harrowing read, a very funny, a very emotional read as well. And after I read it, I reached out to him and basically thanked him for sharing, and he was very gracious yeah. to respond to that as well. So, yeah, he, he does reach out. It's, it's lovely to um, interact with him. And, yeah, I'm... Yeah. I'm trying to find a way to to actually get that interview where it's been for the book or the or the podcast. I haven't got there yet, but it's a. Uh, but yeah, I would love to. I'd love to pick his brains as well because well, yeah, here, what a brain. Here's what we need to do: we need to get all the podcasters together and just following JMS's lead, we will. We need to just tweet bomb him one day and say, "Join <laughs> us, join us." But uh, I, I will say I had the very same interaction uh, with JMS on his book. There's a scene in there where he comes to a realization about how he interacts with people and it has to deal with Harlan Ellison. Mm. Uh, and uh, I was told at an early age that I was socially inept. Uh, so reading that interaction and he's kind of figuring out for himself how he works with people and how he interacts with people and how, how his personality works. It really rang some bells for me as nothing had ever done before. So I reached out to him as well and said, just for that passage, I want to thank you because I think you helped me unlock something and help me realize something about myself. And again, he, he responded and was very gracious as well too. So he's a, he's a, even though he is prickly, he's a very, very good human being. And I really appreciate him. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think the last thing I want to sort of talk about then briefly, I think this goes back to the fans again. We, we talked about that B5 on CW and T3. When, when that happened, it was, I think that just kind of surmised why we're doing this because we, we're talking about five because we love Babylon five, but just seeing how many fans are out there. I think, I think it's, um, you know, that Twitter storm that happened with, with that kind of push to get the reboot happen. I, I really hope the reboot is going to happen. I'm, I'm still holding out hope, even though as the days go on, it seems like less, less likely maybe, but uh, the fandom is so passionate and it's just lovely to experience that with them. You know, in a time when we're about to experience a second Battlestar Galactica reboot, 
and Star Trek has now become another golden age and say what you will, mm -hmm. but I think Strange New Worlds is one of the best shows on TV. Yeah. Uh, I, I think all the, the signs point to sooner or later, somebody at Warner Brothers is going to figure out what kind of a gold mine they have, and then it's going to happen. I just hope it happens soon enough to where JMS can be involved. Because yeah. what I would hate to have happen is we're 20 more years down the road and we're all 60-year-old podcasters chatting about this stuff, and that's when the reboot happens. I hope it happens now, but it will happen. It's just a matter of time. Mm. Yeah, as it Babylon Five keeps coming back, it's just kind of it's more a matter of when rather than if. I think as well, the fact that Jeremy is involved in the reboot as well is really encouraging. I think when people heard it's come on the CW network, which I mean I love a lot of the CW shows, but they've been turning more kind of slightly more like teenage markets with some of the shows as well. And it was a bit of apprehension, but as soon as JMS said, I'm involved, I'm writing the show, I think that was the point when we went, Yes, we're we're fully in. I will add to that too. Um, you know, I've what happens with CW shows that I've seen, because I'm, you know, a superhero geek, so I watched Arrow and I've watched Flash, mm -hmm. and they kind of do get a little teen angsty at times. But the reason why I was not apprehensive at all, uh, one, was obviously JMS involved, but I'm watching the hell out of Superman and Lois, and that show is a CW show, but and it has kids in it, but it has a lot of adult themes. Mm. And I think it's the first CW show that I've watched that is not just a CW show. And if they continue down that reign, and they haven't canceled that one yet, it's the one DC show they haven't canceled yet. Yes. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I, that's when I decided, okay, CW can figure this stuff out. Now, of course, the the other thing was Mark Pedowitz was a huge, huge fan of uh, Babylon 5, which I'm sure you know about too, mm -hmm. is um, with the fact that JMS would slip him VHS copies of the episodes before they came out because he didn't want to wait. Yeah. So having him at the reins too was exciting. Now, of course, he's left, and uh, who knows what's going to happen with Warner Brothers and CW every five seconds because it seems to be changing. But I think I still think there's hope, and the fact that JMS hasn't said it's dead mm. means to me it's not dead yet. I think yeah. he will be the first one to say, "Hey, it's not happening." And of course, you know, we also got what's called uh, Project uh, B. Uh, coming out here too, our project A. I forgot which one it was. It's either A or B. That has already been done and it's going to get either released or teased at Comic Con next year. Which, by the way, Blake, we need to get to San Diego. Uh, so, <laughs> and closer than I you don't are. know. I know. Uh, and we have a friend who lives in San Diego who also is a city council member now. So <laughs> maybe we can get a place to stay. But there is a. There's a lot. Of, I think that's going to be another like rejuvenation of the franchise when that comes out i have talked to several people who know what it is and none of them will tell me what it is uh but this I is with the original cost isn't it yes yes so it was recorded or filmed or something uh last year and it is in the can it is done jms has said it is ready to go i personally think it's an audiobook that's my thought because you have the original cast coming a lot of folks are saying it's a documentary but i just uh what can't ds9 one yeah yeah, yeah which that's, by that's the what way, I'm thinking maybe that it could be like uh, what we left behind the DS9 one maybe I don't know. Oh, by the way, that's a great documentary. It's free mm. on YouTube if you haven't checked it out. Uh, but no, I think it's I think it's actually a story. I think JMS came to get up with a with a continuation story, maybe another Lost Tales, and we're gonna get like a big finish audiobook. That's my thought. But we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, whatever it is. But yeah. just going back to the point that it continues. It's mm. not done. 
Absolutely, yeah. And that's it. I mean, whether, whether it's that kind of a final story to wrap up the old universe before a reboot or it's whatever it is, we're getting something which which is which is wonderful. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to know what that's going to be. <laughs> well, we're going to find out July of next year, unless yeah. I can get I I almost got I almost got Mark to do or I almost got Chris to do it. I almost got Chris to uh to let slip and then he bottled up what we were talking, but I almost got him to get slip. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to continue, which which is great. So, on that theme, then, what's next for you on your podcast and as Bubble Fire fans in general? What are we doing? So what? I don't know. I mean, it's hard for us to say what's next. I mean, we never thought we'd be here, you know. So we've even had some conversations with our own team on the on the podcast. With this has gone bigger, faster, and larger than any of us thought it would. You know, we expected this to be us sitting there with our friends, having this conversation once a week, and maybe a few people would bother to listen and, you know, see what they thought about it. And instead, we've ended up with this massive community of followers. We've got people that engage with every episode, every time it comes out, that we've even got them asking questions before the episodes come out now then are in getting into some of our discussions with us with how we frame and talk about some of the episodes so it's kind of hard for us to say what's next i mean we would love definitely uh, if we could get bruce in for an interview if we could get bill moomy for an interview i mean we would love to keep doing the cast interviews Mm. um one to document these folks experience with this show to have that chance to interact with them and and hear what they thought of the show and their experiences both with experiencing the show being on it and seeing the fandom what they've thought of interacting with the fans uh through the years as they've gone through personally i would love to get jason carter on that that's one i would uh love to do an interview with um to talk about uh marcus and that character so you know you just want to hear his accent (laughs) that too but we don't need to go there scott (laughs) but you know wherever we can go with this and keep building this fandom in this community and however we can contribute to it. I definitely think getting the league of non-aligned podcast back together, because that was a lot of fun because, you know, you see in some other areas um, I've seen it with star Trek podcast where they'll knock each other. They'll rip on each other because it's a competition. It's who can be better, who can do this, who can do that. And we've had a little good natured comment with a couple. I think there was the meme where, uh, someone said it was the meme where we did the interview with uh, Jinx, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, Gray Sector podcast. Yeah, yeah Gray Sector like, podcast like posted on a meme of uh, Henry Cavill standing there. It's like you guys interviewing uh, Jinxo and has the the Jason Momoa running up behind with the caption over it, us interviewing the Toth, and we just sent back and said, "Wait for Monday." <laughs> And then we dropped Claudia. Sorry. Yeah, and then we dropped Claudia. <laughs> that wasn't just oh, that was. Done. We had that one in our back pocket for a bit. It was great. <laughs> but you know, also too, I would add what's what's next for us. Our hosts, as Blake mentioned when we started, we have a lot of hosts who never really watched sci-fi before. So we've had some conversations about, especially since we have our Patreon, which uh, uh, allows us to do a little bit more than what we thought we could do. Is uh, we've talked about just having us watch some old sci-fi movies and getting the reinteractions from the newbies or um, Emily on our show and I, and also Blake and a few others are huge deep space nine fans. So, uh, you know, after two years from now, when we get done with B five, maybe we'll continue on there as well too. Uh, we'll see, but I just think it's been a great ride. And what it's every time I think we've, we've hit the high point of what this is going to be. 
we continue to go past that, and we're only just finishing season one. So I have no idea what's going to happen, but it's going to be a fun two years. Fantastic. And uh, it sounds like uh, the future's a limit. I mean, it's gonna be, I think we're next year, about our 30th anniversary. I'm really excited yes. to get into it. And I think there's going to be, I think it's just going to grow. I think that's one thing I'm, I'm finding that there are more and more fans out there on a daily basis. And we're getting new fans too to Babylon 5. So, yeah, it'd be great to continue that discussion. Yeah, I mean, we need you to pick an episode in season two you want to come on and chat about, so we can get oh, absolutely. Well, that as well too. Long Twilight Struggle is my favorite, but um, I'm happy well, with anything really. So yeah, definitely, I'd love, love to uh, come, come on board. Let's get it booked. Yeah. And um, as I'll plug it as well, um, my Bubble Five book as well, which is going to be finished early next year, but it takes about a year to get for publishers. So I'm hoping to get it published in the 30th anniversary. It may be early 2024 but that's basically about a 30-year history of the show so i'm happy to come along and talk about that as well if, you, if you're interested too yeah just just say it's the 30th anniversary of season one and you're still good you're fine yeah absolutely <laughs> brilliant great so um where can people find you and your podcast online then uh, everywhere you find podcasts just search gray 17 podcasts but our main home as of now is anchor.fm slash gray 17 podcasts we're also on youtube at uh, at gray 17 podcasts we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram uh, we also have our patreon patreon.com slash gray 17 podcast so basically anywhere you go just search gray 17 podcast and you're gonna find us brilliant thank you so much it's been, it's been great to uh, have you on and talk about uh five of five in the fandom yeah, no, we really appreciate it. It's been great interacting with you online as well, too. It's great to put a face to a name and everything yeah. else. And uh, we'll definitely do this again on our end. And uh, we'll throw this episode up on our channel as well, too, as a bonus episode. So hopefully we can both get some folks coming our ways. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. So, yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode. Remember, we are part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Please subscribe to a Dream Game Forum and give us a rating and review on our podcast. We'd really love to hear your thoughts. So, uh Luke and I'll be back at the start of January, the 30th anniversary of the show, to pick our best episodes, characters, villains, and moments from each season. Before we kick off our own episode look back, starting with a gathering in February, and then we're going to go fortnightly from then on looking through season one. So we're basically a one season behind you and they'll be catching up. So join us again for a dream given form, our last best hope for peace. <laughs>